إِنَّمَا الصَّدَقَاتُ Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells as to who the charities are for. إِنَّمَا الصَّدَقَاتُ Indeed the sadaqat. Because the people objected at the distribution of the Prophet Right? The hypocrites they did. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He clarifies over here that Allah decides who the charity should go to. And over here, sadaqat is not talking about general charity, but specific charity. And what is that specific charity? The obligatory one, the fard one. And that is called? That is called? Zakat. So alhamdulillah, now you've studied the fiqh of salah. Inshallah, soon you should move on to the fiqh of zakat. This is not an official announcement. I'm just preparing you mentally. Okay? So, إِنَّمَا الصَّدَقَاتُ They are for who? First of all, لِلْفُقَرَاء For those who are poor. Because charity is not to be given to a rich person. لَا تَحِلُّ الصَّدَقَةُ لِغَنِيهِ Sadaqa is not permissible for who? For a rich person. And these munafiqeen who were demanding that they should be given something were very wealthy from before. Because they wouldn't spend in the way of Allah. So they had a lot of money. And then here they were greedy for more. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, No, sadaqat are for who? Lilfuqara. Fuqara is a plural of faqir. And who is faqir? Someone who's very, very poor. Basically someone who's got nothing to fulfill his needs. Nothing at all. How is it that people generally fulfill their needs? From a regular source of income. Whatever it may be. It could be coming from their parents. It could be coming from their spouse. It could be coming from their job. It could be coming, you know, a business, an investment, whatever it may be. But from a regular source of income, what does a person do? He fulfills his needs. If let's say, anytime that income is not there or it is less or there was you know, an extra expense, then how is it that a person fulfill his needs? From his savings. Alright? Let's say he makes 1500 and this month the bill was 1600 Let's say all the bills added up to 1600 Where is he going to get that 100 from? From his savings. Alright? And even if he doesn't have any money in the bank account, let's say he has something that he can sell. Many people do that. They'll sell their house. They'll sell their car. They'll sell their jewelry. They'll put a garage sale on or something. Right? Why? To get that extra money. Who is faqir? Someone who's got no source of income and who's got no savings either. You understand? His hands are basically empty. He's got nothing. Like sometimes when you go out and you see a person standing there in the rain and you wonder why are they doing that? Or you're sleeping on a bench. Why are they doing that? Because they don't have a home. They don't have money. They don't have a source of income. Yes, there are many other problems going on. But why are they on the bench in the park? Because they don't have enough to fulfill their needs. So this is who? Faqir. So sadaqat are for who? Fuqara. Zakat is to be given to who? Such poor people. Secondly, masakin. Masakin, plural of miskin, needy. Now, needy, poor, isn't the same thing? Isn't it the same thing? No, because there are different levels of poverty, right? One is a person who's got nothing. Another is a person who's got something, but he doesn't have enough to fulfill his needs. Or everything was fine, and now all of a sudden, you know, the father figure or the person who made money, he passed away suddenly, and now all of a sudden, the family is scrambling, you know, to meet their basic needs. They don't even have enough money to buy groceries. 
right? So this is who? Miskeen. In a hadith we learned, the Prophet ﷺ said, Miskeen is not he who goes about asking for a bite or two. Meaning he doesn't go around begging people. Do you have a dollar? Do you have a penny? Can you buy me lunch? Can you buy me dinner? No. This is not miskeen. This is who? Faqir. Because faqir doesn't even have enough to eat. So he goes and begs people to feed him. Miskeen is who? The one who does not have enough to satisfy his needs. So he doesn't have enough to fulfill all of his needs. And whose condition is not known to others. His condition is also hidden from others. People don't know that he's suffering from this poverty. Because they think, oh, uh, I mean, they live in a house, so they should have something at least. I mean, their son works. Yes, the father died, but the son works. And yes, the wife works too, so everything should be okay. They should have plenty. No. They're not going to go ask people because they have self-respect. Right? So their condition is not known to people. They're not going to go telling people, we don't have enough money to buy groceries this month. I'm going to have to pull my daughter out of you know, school because I don't have enough money to uh, pay her tuition. I can't come anymore because I don't have enough money to pay for my gas. You understand? This is someone who's not able to fulfill their needs. Masakin. So the Prophet ﷺ said, he does not have enough to satisfy his needs and whose condition is not known to others, that others may give him something in charity and who does not beg of people. He does not beg them. He does not ask them. Now many times it happens that we think fuqara, they don't live in this country, they live elsewhere. And everybody in this country is perfectly fine, there's no masakin either. But think about it. Think about it. If there is a family of five a family of five, and not even one person is making money, or doesn't have a stable job, how do you think their needs are going to be met? And you know what? Everything could have been fine. They come from a very you know, stable family. And all of a sudden, one member of the family got extremely sick, because of which they've had to travel here and there for treatment purposes. Right? And because of which many things have changed in their family, they will not go and tell others, we need money. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that because they have self-respect. So what is necessary then? That we go and pry into other people's affairs? Do you have enough money? you have money to buy groceries? No. You should recognize them by their signs. Recognize them by their signs. If the mother is saying, that I have to leave my daughter with my mother so that I can go and work at a coffee shop or at this store. And yes, it's very difficult for me because my daughter, you know, I'm nursing her, but still she has to be with my mother because I need to work. I need to work. There is a problem over there. Yes, you can say, how is it that my charity is going to fulfill her needs? It won't fulfill her needs, it can at least help her. It can help her in some way. When we hear about the difficulties that people are going through, we think they're a problem. Yes, they're going through a very tough time. May Allah make it easy for them. But then, what are we doing to help them? What are we doing to help them? Didn't the Prophet ﷺ say that food for two is enough for three? Didn't he say that? Yes. Didn't he bring ten people to his house to feed them? Yes. 
So many times it's happened. But we think that just because we spoke about someone who's suffering from financial difficulties or we shared their problem with someone, everything is solved. What is necessary is that we also go out and help them. I'm not saying pull out $200 from your purse immediately and go help them. At least you can, when you're buying your groceries, cut off a little bit on your personal expenses and spend from that. Buy a little extra for someone else. Buy a little extra and go deliver the groceries at their house. There's no harm in doing that. And we can do that. It's not difficult. Or if that is even more difficult, from your pantry, if there is a can of chickpeas or there is a can of tomato sauce that you haven't used for two months, it's about time you give it away before it expires. Right? And you don't find anybody? Okay, go find a food bin and you'll find it in many masajid, in many local supermarkets. Won't you? Yes. So masakin, these are also people who need to be spent on. And many times it happens that a miskin, he's going through the stage temporarily. Meaning he just needs some time to get everything together. And then hopefully, you know, once he's got a stable job or once he's, you know, done school, then inshallah, everything should be fine. But for that time when he's struggling, he needs a little bit of help. He needs a little bit of help. But we think someone has to be absolutely poor to deserve any help. No. Even the person who's struggling deserves help. So, إِنَّمَا صَدَقَاتُ لِلْفُقَرَاءُ وَالْمَسَاكِينَ Secondly, وَالْعَامِلِينَ عَلَيْهَا عَامِلِينَ Plural of عَامِل The workers. Meaning those who are working on zakat. What kind of work is involved when it comes to zakat? Calculating it, collecting it, right? And then bringing it, and then counting it and then distributing it, all of that requires a lot of work. These days what happens is, there are people working in the bank. Right? So what happens, they're the ones who are doing the transactions for others, calculating their taxes or, or whatever it may be, their fees or whatever it may be. They're working in the bank. So are they paid? Are they paid? You should say, why? It's my money. Should they be paid? Yes, they should be paid. From which money? From which money? From the money that you put in the bank, right? Because sometimes what happens? Every month you're charged a particular fees. Alright? Or for every specific transaction you're charged. I'm not talking about haram money. I'm talking about halal transactions, okay? So think about it. People who are working in a bank, they deserve to be paid. So likewise, if there are people working to collect zakat, to calculate zakat, to distribute it, don't they deserve to be paid? Yes. And where are they going to be paid from? From that zakat money itself. Meaning a portion of it is going to be used in order to pay them. Because back in the time when the Muslim government used to collect zakat, so for example at the time of Khulafa, there were people who were appointed to go city to city. City to city. And make sure that people had paid zakat. Now every person was not an expert when it came to the fiqh of zakat. So a person would say, yes, I have this much land and I have this house and I have this much money, this much gold and I have these many animals. This is all my money. Please calculate my zakat. So that amil, he would come calculate the zakat and say, okay, this zakat you have to give. So he would take that zakat money and go deposit it where? At the Baytul Mal. Now he has had to travel and 
you know, use a lot of his mind to calculate all that zakat and then bring it, so he has to be paid for it. So, وَالْعَامِلِينَ عَلَيْهَا Then, وَالْمُؤَلَّفَةِ قُلُوبُهُمْ مُؤَلَّفَةِ from the root letters, Hamza Lamfa, Ulfa is love. So, مُؤَلَّفَةِ قُلُوبُهُمْ Those whose hearts have to be brought together. Meaning, those whose hearts have to be inclined. Inclined to what? To Islam, to the Muslims. So, for example, we see the Prophet ﷺ, he would give a lot of money to people who were almost inclined to Islam or who had recently accepted Islam. Why? Just so that they would start thinking positively about Muslims, about Islam. So for example, Safwan bin Umayyah, he said, the Messenger of Allah gave me from the spoils of Hunayn while he was the most hateful person to me. I hated him. But he gave me so much and he kept giving me and giving me and giving me until he became the most beloved person to me. Some people, they love money, they love stuff. So if you give them a gift, they'll be very happy. Very happy. And then they'll be ready to do anything for you. And there are others whom you give a gift to, it doesn't make a difference, I mean, because they're not really into things. Right? So some people who can be on the side of the Muslims, on the side of Islam, there is an inclination, just a little bit of financial help, right, or gifts, and they're fully on the side of Islam then in this cause also zakat can be spent. Some have said that this is also for those people who have recently embraced Islam. Because what happens is that when a person has recently embraced Islam, there's a lot of things that are that are changed now. Before you could just go get a burger from McDonald's for like a few dollars and now he has to go buy halal meat. He never bought meat himself. Now he has to go buy halal meat. Many people live this kind of lifestyle. They don't really buy meat themselves and cook food themselves. They just eat out all the time. Right? Or it's very rare that they will actually buy meat. Now, they have to buy that. Now they find out that their job, what they're doing is not halal. So they have to switch jobs. They find out that the house that they've bought and the way that they've bought is not okay. Now they have to do something about that also. All of a sudden, so many changes, they can't handle it. Or sometimes they were getting support from their family. So let's say a girl, she's living with her family, she becomes a Muslim, they kick her out of the house. Where is she supposed to go? What is she supposed to eat? Where is she supposed to live? Right? And these are real expenses that have to be taken care of. So who's going to give her from what? Zakat can be spent on such a person. Remember that zakat can be given to such a person. So وَالْمُؤَلَّفَةِ قُلُوبُهُمْ And then after that, وَفِي الرِّقَابِ And in the cause of riqab. Riqab is the plural of raqabah. What is raqabah? Neck. So in the freeing of necks, meaning in freeing slaves. Whether it's that the slave is set free, so you buy the slave and you set him free, or you help him buy his freedom. وَالْغَارِمِينَ And those who are in debt. غَارِمِينَ is the plural of غَيْن رَامِينَ غَرْم And what does that mean? Debt, alone. So if a person has taken a loan, that means that you can give zakat to them. That's what the ayah is saying basically. Those who have a loan, they deserve to take a portion from zakat. But what if a person has bought their house on a big, big, big loan? A million dollar loan. Or let's say there's a person who's bought a car, a very expensive, fancy car, on a loan. And then they say, you know, I've taken a loan, so give me zakat. 
Is that okay? No. Which kind of loan is this? A loan that they have taken to fulfill basic personal needs. Not to invest in a factory or in a business or to have a big house. No. To fulfill basic needs. And now they're struggling to continue to fulfill their needs and also to pay off the loan. They're stuck. If they make any money, all of it is going and paying off the loan. Where do they eat from? How do they buy milk for their children? How do they buy groceries for their children? They're stuck. So for this person, he deserves zakat. In a hadith we learned that sadaqah is not rightful for a wealthy person except in five cases. And one of them is who? A gharim. Meaning the one who is a debtor. And sometimes it happens that everything is fine. A person is not needy. But there is a huge, huge financial burden. All of a sudden. Like for example, a person had their business, house, everything. Their child got kidnapped. And now the kidnappers are saying, give us $200,000. Give us $500,000. Where is he going to get that from? Okay, he sells his house. He sells his business in order to get his child back. And now what has he got? Nothing. You might say, but he still has that fancy car. But the situation is different now. Can they take from zakat? Yes. وَالْغَارِمِينَ You see, this ayah, it just shows how loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. That He cares for people more than anybody can care for them. He is concerned for the well-being of every single individual. That if he is suffering because of a debt, if he is suffering because of this crisis, if he is suffering because of this incident that happened in his life, then the community should come together and help them. And zakat should be given to them. It just shows how caring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Then, وَفِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And also in the way of Allah. Now what does it mean by this, in the way of Allah? Scholars have interpreted this in two ways. First of all, some said that this is jihad. Okay? And others said, so for example, supporting the ghazi, the warriors. And others said that no, this is not specific to jihad alone. Because فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ is not a person. It's not the soldier. فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ is a cause. If you look at the ayah, earlier what was mentioned, Al-Fuqara, Al-Masakeen, Al-Amilin. Who are these? People. Alright? Likewise, Al-Riqab. Who are these? People. Right? Fil-Riqab. Gharimeen. Who are these? People. But fi sabilillah, this is not a person. This is a cause. So this is why they made it more general. And they said that zakat is also to be given in all good works all good works and efforts that bring Allah's approval. So any action that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes, any action that Allah likes, for that cause zakat can be given. So for instance, there is a need to build an orphanage, for example. So is it permissible to spend on that? From zakat money? Yes. Likewise, a masjid has to be built so that people can come together and pray. Can zakat money be used for that? Yes. Likewise, da'wah. People have to be called to Islam. People have to be taught their religion. Can zakat money be used to spend on such causes? Yes. Da'wah, tabligh, talabul ilm, all of these causes, they said it is permissible. And we learn in a hadith that the Prophet ﷺ said, a group of people from my ummah will continue to fight in defense of truth and remain victorious until the day of judgment. Imam Bukhari, he said, they are ahlul ilm. They are the people of knowledge. 
who will continue to defend the religion and will remain victorious until the day of judgment. Right? So Imam Bukhari said that these are not warriors. Who are they? People of knowledge. So based on this also, the ulama said that fi sabilillah is not just jihad, but it is more general for the cause of Islam. Because any way that leads to the pleasure of Allah, whether it is someone going for hajj and you sponsor them through zakat money, or it is that you know there are people who need food, so let's say a soup kitchen is being built with zakat money, a masjid is being renovated with zakat money for genuine purposes, not just to make it look more beautiful, but for genuine need. So for all of these causes, can zakat money be used? According to many scholars, yes, it can be used. And lastly, وَبْنِ sabil And the traveler. And this traveler also, he may be perfectly fine at home financially, but when he's traveling, then there are certain needs that have to be fulfilled. So for example, people go from a particular route, right? And there is a need to have, let's say, washrooms over there. Or let's say, a rest house over there. And the locals, they don't have enough money to make it themselves, but they say, okay, we'll spend from our pockets, but we also have zakat money. Can we use zakat for this purpose? So that the travelers, they can be helped. Can this be done? Yes. So, وَبْنِ sabil To help him. The one who's stranded, the one who's suffering because of his travel, help him. Allah says, فَرِيضَةً مِّنَ Allah. This is an obligation from who? Allah. Meaning these divisions, who has made? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has decided that zakat should be given to this person and this cause and with regards to this people don't have a choice. So a person can't say, you know what, I'm not going to give zakat to this cause or this cause. I'm going to use it for you know, my own house. Is that permissible? No. I'm going to give zakat to my parents. Is that permissible? No. I'm going to give zakat to you know, so and so. You can't make it up yourself. Zakat is an obligation and there are specific people who deserve zakat and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides who they are. وَمِنْهُمْ and from them الَّذِينَ Those who يُؤْذُونَ They hurt النَّبِيَّ The Prophet ﷺ. Meaning among the hypocrites there are those who abuse the Prophet ﷺ. They hurt him. How? وَيَقُولُونَ By saying هُوَ أُذُن He is an ear. Udun. Udun means what? Ear. What does the ear symbolize? Hearing. Listening. If someone is paying a lot of attention, what do they say? I'm all ears. Right? I'm here. I'm listening. Right? So they say about the Prophet ﷺ, huwa udun. That look at him. He listens to everybody. Any random person comes and talks to him and he sits down listening to them for an hour. Is this a good quality to have? being available to others so that you listen to them? Yes. Because how many of us want to talk and want to ask and want to share, but we don't find anybody who can listen to us. The Prophet ﷺ, the mercy to mankind, he would listen to people. And the munafiqeen, they made fun of him. They said, huwa udun. And they also meant to say, that oh look at him, he just believes in anything that is said to him. Jud bin Qais went and presented that excuse and the Prophet ﷺ just accepted it. Huwa udun. He readily listens, he eagerly accepts anything that is said to him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qul say, udunu khayrin lakum. Udun, meaning if he is udun, 
It is an ear of khayrun lakum, meaning it's better for you, it's good for you. If he's like that, it's good for you. Because imagine, if he didn't accept what you said, then would you not be in trouble? Would you not be in trouble? Imagine if Jud bin Qais came with that excuse and the Prophet ﷺ said no. Imagine if a person came looking for the Prophet ﷺ to ask him about the problem that he's facing and the Prophet ﷺ did not make himself available. Would that be good? No. Because who else would they go to? How else would they solve their problems? So قُلْ أُذُنُ خَيْرٍ لَكُمْ It's good for you. It's in your favor. But don't think that he believes everything you tell him. Even your lies and your false excuses. يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ He believes in Allah. وَيُؤْمِنُ And he believes لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ To the believers. Now what does it mean by this? يُؤْمِنُ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ آمَنَ لِي آمَنَ لِي Is to accept what the other is saying. To trust them. Accept what they're saying. So in other words, he listens to everybody. He hears everybody. But he accepts from who? From who? Only the believers. He believes in who? Only what the believers tell him. وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا And he is also a mercy for those who believe. مِنْكُمْ from you. وَالَّذِينَ يُؤْذُونَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ And those people who heard the Messenger of Allah, لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ For them is a painful punishment. We learned that once the Prophet ﷺ, he was at the masjid, and the adhan was pronounced, the iqama was pronounced, And people are standing in rows. Jama'ah is about to begin. But what happened? A man came to the Prophet ﷺ, pulled him off to the side, and started talking to him about something private. And he kept talking to the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ, he kept listening to him and discussing his matter with him. Until some people, they fell asleep, waiting for the Jama'ah to begin. Waiting for the Jamara to begin, they fell asleep. Imagine. This is how available the Prophet ﷺ made himself for the people. Another time we learned that once the Prophet ﷺ, he was walking and this old woman came and started, you know, presenting her story before him. Long story. And the Prophet ﷺ listened to her and fulfilled her need. And this didn't just happen once, it happened many times. يَحْلِفُونَ بِاللَّهِ They swear by Allah, لَكُمْ for you لِيُرْضُوكُمْ So that they can make you happy. Meaning they say these words of mockery behind your back, and they come to you saying, oh we were just having fun, and they swear by Allah just to satisfy you. لِيُرْضُوكُمْ Allah says, وَاللَّهُ and Allah وَرَسُولُهُ and His Messenger, they are أَحَقُّ more deserving. أَنْ يُرْضُوهُ That they please Him. إِنْ كَانُوا مُؤْمِنِينَ If they're truly believers. They come to the Muslims and they try to make them happy with their words. But Allah says no. Allah is more deserving that they should make Him happy. The Messenger is more deserving that they should make Him happy. And how is it that a person can make Allah happy? Through obedience. How is it that a person can make the Prophet ﷺ happy? Through obedience. أَلَمْ يَعْلَمُوا Do they not know? أَنَّهُ That indeed He مَنْ Whoever يُحَادِدِ اللَّهَ Opposes Allah وَرَسُولَهُ And His Messenger Whoever opposes Allah and His Messenger, فَأَنَّ لَهُ النَّارَ جَهَنَّمْ Then indeed for him is the fire of hell. خَالِدًا فِيهَا Abiding therein eternally. ذَلِكَ الْخِزْيُ الْعَظِيمِ And that is the great, great humiliation. The humiliation of this world 
Embarrassment of this dunya is temporary. Has it ever happened that you fall before someone and you feel embarrassed? Yeah? Imagine a person being thrown into hellfire. That is the greatest humiliation. The greatest disgrace. Being thrown into the hellfire. Has it ever happened that you get hurt, physically hurt, and as a result you have a big bandage or something, and you don't want to go out before people because you're embarrassed? Because you don't look that great? You're still in your pajamas? and you can't really wash yourself, and you can't really make your hair, so you're embarrassed to go out before people. Imagine people who are thrown into hellfire, those who will be taken out of hellfire, they will be sent to Jannah, while their bodies are charred like coal, burnt out completely. And they'll be put in the water of life, and then their bodies will grow just like plants grow. And they'll be called Jahannamiyun. Yeah, those who went to Jahannam. Isn't that embarrassing? Isn't that humiliating? وَذَلِكَ الْخِزْيُ الْعَظِيمِ So a person must do anything, anything, whatever it takes to make sure he doesn't fall in the hellfire. He doesn't end up there. And for that, the most important is sincerity to Allah. Love for the Messenger wasallam. Sincerity to Allah, His Messenger, the believers, Allah's book, being honest, being trustworthy, and being the same person. Fearing Allah everywhere. Not just in some places, but everywhere. Reacting positively to what happens in life. Any situation that a person is in life. Being on good terms with others. This is what will save a person from hellfire. You know, people will cross the sirat, and this sirat bridge is placed over what? Over the hellfire. And people will cross the sirat with the help of two things. One, speed, and second, light. This speed will be determined by their actions. And the light will also be determined by their actions, by their iman. So some people, they will go as quickly as you blink your eyes. And other people, they'll be crawling pathetically and then falling off. Some people will have light as much as a huge tall building, like a tall column. And others, they will have light only as much as on their toe. Just on their toe. Just that much light. And on the two sides of Salat from the hellfire are big hooks coming out. One, because of amana, and the other, because of sila. So if a person has not been trustworthy, has not been fulfilling his responsibilities, his trusts, this hook will come, grab him, and make him fall in the hellfire. If a person has not been maintaining ties with his relatives, he's been cutting ties off with his relatives, then the other hook will come and grab him, make him fall into hellfire. Imagine falling into hell from that bridge after drinking from the hawd. Because not everybody will get here. There will be people who will be sent directly to hellfire. And there are others who will drink from the hawd of the Prophet ﷺ. And then they will go over the bridge. Imagine having water from the hold and then falling in hell because of lack of amana and lack of maintaining ties. So it's necessary that a person fears Allah in all aspects of his life. Fear of Allah. Ittaqillaha haythuma kunta. This is the way to success in this life and in the hereafter. Let's listen to the recitation. In 